It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how is how you do a fade out. Hard on breakdown one eighty eight. We're here with uh, our homies and alumni. You just heard uh, King of Nothing. That's going to be out on an EP uh, coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, alumni boys five one six repping the the Nassau County, and uh, we're stoked to have him here. <clears throat> Mikey and I are Long Island boys through and through, so going to be cool to talk a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of, uh, you know, Long Island talk. But uh, Jake, Joe, what's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for being here. And uh, how you doing? How you doing? Stop. Doing great, man. We're uh, definitely excited to to chat a little bit about you know the new music you guys got going on, some of the stuff that you, uh, you know coming up in twenty twenty three for you guys. But uh, before we get too uh, you know deep into conversation um let's just kind of go back in time a hot second and um talk about how you guys kind of both happened upon hockey and became hockey fans <laughs> joe you um, want to start? um yeah i guess i watched a little bit longer than jake i just had a lot of friends when i was around like 12 13 that played and got me into it. I never like played hockey like for real, like never like organized hockey on a team. I just always watched it um, like with my buddies. And then we would always play like the the games like NHL, like the EA games. And we would do like the league and make our own guys and stuff like that. But yeah, I just watched it like starting in like 2011, I think, and was a Rangers fan and then was on and off. But recently I got like a lot more back into it. Awesome. Tough year to be a Rangers fan, 2011. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also didn't really know what was going on. And then they had, like, their playoff runs in, like, the couple years later. So that was fun. And then when they, like, lost, I was, like, in college. I was super busy. I just fell, like, out of touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, uh, in 82-game season, you know, especially when you've got a lot of things going on, you know, 
it's hard to make time you know yeah it, and then i would go back and they started like a rebuild too and i was like i don't even know who any of these people are like i gotten rid of and i i was like all right this is gonna be a little weird but i got back into it like the only guy on the team that's still there from when i used to watch was is like Kreider. yeah all the other guys the like guy so left. many pieces yeah i mean yeah. i was i started watching again when lundquist was like in his end of his mm-hmm. career so i was like okay <laughs> but he wasn't he wasn't like the way he used to be either, but it's okay. Cause now yeah. they have another amazing goalie. So yeah, that's, you know, the, the Rangers are, um, you know, you, you can't really call it luck. Cause I mean, you know, they obviously developed Shusterkin and, and, you know, a lot of the other guys that, you know, are playing on their team that are, yeah. that are they're great. They've, they went and developed, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it, it definitely, um, you know, they figured I, it I was, out with the goalies for sure. Yeah. I was, <laughs> up, I was getting up for like talking good about the Rangers. Cause like, you know, it's just like I'm supposed to be programmed to like hate them being an Islander fan. Yeah. But like the Rangers, uh, to me, have always been like an enjoyable team to watch, especially like if you like hockey. Like if you like mm-hmm. hockey, you kind of like, you know, I I was able to watch a lot of the playoffs last year. And like the Avalanche are, are just a, an absolutely dominant team. I mean, like just watching yeah. them play is just like unreal. And you know, it kind of puts into perspective when you watch your favorite team play, you know, like you, you watch Literally, Colorado yeah. when they're firing on all cylinders. And then, you know, you watch the Islanders play a sloppy game and you're yeah. like, <laughs> I would watch Colorado games and look league. at their power play league, and be yeah. like, how do they yeah. do that? Like, like they just, how, how are they able to, and... they smoked every team yeah. they played against. Them. Oh, and, and, and I remember when the playoffs started last year, like, uh, you know, I, I was vehemently, you know, and I said it, you know, I, I thought we were going to get a, an Avalanche Panthers, um, you know, Stanley Cup final. That's yeah, really what I thought. I think everyone did. Everyone and, uh, did. <laughs> yeah, and then you know that unfortunately fell apart for for the Cats there. But the the Avs are they're a force to be reckoned with, man. And um, you little, know, if they keep the core of that team, favorite. yeah, yeah, they're they're hurt. You know, they're hurting. But that's that's like a hockey trope, unfortunately. You know, nope. it you know teams just they get banged up they get hurt and you know all of a sudden they start to slip in the standings i mean like you know it just professional sports are that way you know if you look at a team like the red wings i mean granted the red wings are finally starting to play some decent hockey but i mean you know if you were a hockey fan in the 90s you know to think that the red wings would be bottom feeders now you know it's it's kind of kind of wild to think about you know but that's the reality is, you know, when mm-hmm. Iserman's gone and Fedorov is gone and Chelios is gone and, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do something, but, um, awesome. You know, I, uh, um, I guess we'll just real quick, uh, you know, we, we can see Jake up there. I don't know if you're going to be able to see him. I can see him and I know he's wearing a Rangers hoodie. So, uh, you know, we, we know he's a, he's a Ranger fan and, and I think Joe also being a Ranger fan, but you guys have a couple of like secondaries that you're into too, right? Yeah, I mean, I I got into hockey a lot, like, later. Like, I liked it when I was a little kid a bit because my dad, I had, like, random jerseys. I actually had an Avs and a Rangers jersey. Had no idea, like, about any of that when I was a kid. And then, like, I watched the Rangers play in the Stanley Cup in 2014 when they lost. Yeah. And I just got real, like, I think it was, like, three or four years ago at this point. I was like, I just like every sport. So I was like, I might as well just like hockey, too. And I just got so hard into it that it's been, like, you know, I, I couldn't even pick a team really. Like I, I was like, God, I like the Sabers because I just I'm a diehard Bills fan. Sure. Too much legs in the back. 
Yeah, sure. And then I was like, uh, I like Colorado teams because I like I've always liked the Broncos. So I was like, you know what, Avs. And I picked cool. a good I picked a good time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, you did. Yeah. Um, but it's that's a it's a, it's a great thing, you know. I, you know, I I've never, you know, there's hockey fans who uh, you kind of have that idea where you can only like one team. Yeah, you know, I mean, your hockey every, fans. Every sports with that. Yeah, like, people, you know. I've, I've always said it, you know, as often as I can, you know, the more teams that people like, you know, the more revenue gets generated, you know, yeah. with the league that we love and, you know, the more eyes get onto the product and, and it's important, you know, being, being that, um, that kind of like of the four major sports or really, I, you, you kind of got to say five now, cause you know, soccer is becoming a, a yeah. big, huge deal in America, but yep. you know, of those major yeah. sports, you know, yeah. hockey is kind of, you know, down at the bottom. So, you know, whatever we could do, whether it's, you know, more, you know, winter classic games or, you know, I- expansion into other, you know, countries or, you know, whatever they're going to do to put more eyes on the product. You know, let's, I, let's like, do it. Any more zebra like, goals? Of, I haven't like watched a lot of other sports beforehand. Like just, I'm like football, like I'm a, his, I'm a football history dork, like stuff like that. I actually really appreciate about the NHL that they, um, they, they do so many experimental things like even like the reverse retro jerseys or like yeah. all these winter classic games they yep. put like no other league really does that like the nfl used to they used to fool around with the idea of it and mm-hmm. sometimes they'd be like oh like the steelers are wearing bumblebee jerseys now but like yeah you, did you watch the pittsburgh boston series like they both it was it was cool like it's in yeah. fenway like in fenway yeah. it will never that was iconic like that. it really it really is it's um and i what I'm trying to think of what came first. Did the reverse retros come first or did NFL introduce the color rush first? Like, uh, do you know, uh, what came probably the color rush. Cause it's yeah. only like year two or three of the reverse yeah. retro. Yeah. This is the color second time they've done it, but it's been like three years since the first one. I think it's super cool. I mean, you know, especially um, like if you look at a team like, um, like the Kings for instance. Right. So, I mean, like they've got like a, you know, mostly a black and white and silver color scheme. And then, you know, you get into the reverse retros that have kind of like that regal purple in it and the, and the, you know, the yellow crown and stuff, you know, it's even cool. It's kind of cool to to see that even when, uh, you know, the devils were, were wearing their alternates and they had like the green, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was super cool, you know, and, um, I, I like that, you know, like hearkening back to kind of the old days and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, think about it you know mikey justin and i are all kind of in that era of of the mighty ducks so it's like yep. almost you know whenever anaheim breaks out that like classic like 90s yeah. disney logo it's just oh, like dude. guys sit there and rub their hands together <laughs> it's so great I you know it. i was like i was looking for it because i have uh i have my dad hat it's the um it's the old mighty ducks logo but with a new color scheme and i love mm-hmm. it yeah it's so cool but um, but it, I mean, to, it's funny to quote Snoop Dogg from NHL twenty twenty, um, <laughs> talking about those the LA Kings jerseys, like in in the early nineties when when the Kings were you know were were rocking the 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 you know regal purple jerseys. Mm-hmm. Everyone who was anyone in hip hop from Southern California had those jerseys. Yeah, and you saw Kings jerseys everywhere. Mm-hmm. NWA videos, you saw it on Snoop Dogg. Like everybody yeah. had it in the in that Southern LA, you know, Compton, you know, hip hop scene. It was so cool to kind of like see how they were incorporating that into the music and into the music videos. It was sure. just like a cool dynamic looking into it. And then, 
you know, we, I think we talked about it or like a couple episodes ago on the podcast, but the Detroit Red Wings being all over like ABC Family Hour. Oh, yeah. On, and on, like, TGIF. And TGIF. Like, that's all you saw. So, like, the 90s was just really cool to see. Yeah. You know, these like hockey franchises just like thrown into the mainstream. Oh, yeah. And because it was just, it was a fashion statement for the most part, too, for a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those jerseys in the 90s, too. I, I think, um, what's his name? McFarlane. Like Todd McFarlane came up with a lot of like the the, the really crazy jersey ideas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did the fisherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also did the the oil spill that the Oilers did for the reverse retro this year. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Except like I didn't I didn't know that. So like Todd McFarlane, like the guy who like illustrated Spawn, like you're saying. Yeah, that's that's fucking cool. I did <laughs> not know. That. I mean, Learned but and, yeah, but you know, and like. It's it's also kind of cool too, like you know when the Sabers were playing with that uh, like what is it mid two thousands slug just, just makes me think of Michael Pekka, you know like oh wait wait you mean uh, the Bison he's got it he's got it I think I call it a slug wait, you mean you mean this or the or the uh, no yeah, no that that, I mean. that one's good I love that one I'm yeah, talking yeah, like yeah that the, one the slug great. one was terrible. This, this, that, like, so one of the guys on the Sabres was like, when we wear these, we feel evil. And we <laughs> yeah, I, I just like that. that's Dude, they, funny though. Yeah, like I, I, you know, hockey players are just such like nut jobs. I think it's like it's probably one of the most incredible things because like you know when you look at like football, baseball, and basketball players, like there's a lot. There, I mean, there's a lot of people that play professional sports that are just like nuts about what they do, but hockey, it's just like a whole a whole new level. I yep. mean, like. You know, if you, you know, I, I don't know about a guy like Crosby, but if like you told Ovi, like 5,000 year old Ovi, like, hey, man, <laughs> we're, you know, we're going to pay you like $800,000 for the year, but we're going to put you on like a stud team a and make sure you line. wake up. He'd be like, yeah, give I'll it to me. It. You know? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, you I know, no reason like, to be mad. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, all, all, yeah, all my plan. dude, all my dude <laughs> Ovi does is just like, play nhl like on playstation anyway so like you know well, i mean and you have yager still crazy. playing I, I was about to say yager yeah. as like i feel like that, that guy yeah. just like he eats sleeps and breathes the game yeah I mean, and like crazy. for his age he does yeah I, mean, I feel like he does so much to make sure that he can physically handle how crazy it is to play as like a how old is it 40 yeah. something I think he's uh, fifty. He's fifty. Yeah, Yager is fifty. Yeah, he's been playing for three decades. Wow. Yeah, he's he's old man, but but like that's the incredible thing about it. And then like there's a lot of hockey players too that like probably would still be playing if like their bodies just hadn't broken down from all the stress. Like mm -hmm. yeah. you know, you look at like some of the guys who like kind of just tipped, you know, like um I think about guys like you know Marty St. Louis and like Vincent LeCavalier and like. Yeah. You know, like those guys, you know, like if their bodies could still handle it, they'd be playing hockey, you know, and, you yeah. know, granted, like St. Louis got involved and, you know, he was what coaching the Rangers for a hot second or what yeah. was he doing? He was now the, the Canadians, the Canadians, you're right. Yeah. The Canadians, not the, not the Rangers. He's still he, there. Played, he played on the Rangers. Yes. But, but it's like, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it really is just in DNA, you know, it's just one of those things that st stays with you forever. So, you know, I, I, I like I, how, I, how long those guys hang on though. It, it makes it fun. Like are you kidding me? some guy plays. For it's, 15. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy but, to see how 
And I, I don't know if this is like if I've just been paying attention to it or if it's like been more and more common, like people in their old age, like not even slowing down. Like you'd think like Ovechkin is like still surprised. Like I'm not surprised, but I am surprised because like he's still scoring at such an alarming rate for how old he is. And I'm like, yeah. how long can he keep this up? He's not even that old though, too. Like if you think about it in in perspective, he's, he's like not 36 that old. or 37. Yeah. Well, how old how old was was Gretzky when he retired? 37. When he retired, he was 39, I think. So I mean, you got to figure you got the rest of this season. If Ovi still got two years Oh, left it's like now, it's like it's going to take like two or three more seasons. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, I think what what is it? Uh, I used to know it off the top of my head. I think it's 891. Might be, I think it's like, that, yeah. Might be the goal what, record. The all-time goal record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no one's touching Gretzky for assists. I mean, the man's almost got two thousand assists in his career. Yeah. You can't, like it's, it's just the the game that they played <laughs> back then is just so much different so from much how it different. is now. Yeah. And it's like it's like why you you will never be able to even break like even like a hundred fifty point season is almost completely yeah. impossible unless you're Connor McDavid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But like, but like Gretzky, like you know, <laughs> it was just to watch him work was like, it was academic, you know, he would get behind oh, so, the, yeah. he would get behind the net and just like, that's it. Like you're screwed. Like, like he played, you, four, he, he turned every game into four on four hockey, which is kind of yeah. insane. I yeah. would, if you go on like ESPN, like if you have ESPN plus, you can watch mm-hmm. like 1982, like, uh, like, you know, like Oilers versus flames final, like, Love you know, that. like conference yeah. final chance. And I sat there one day and I was like, I got to do stuff like that, like watch an entire old game, not just like the highlights of the players and the greats, but like see, yeah, I feel like it's definitely hard to find it. Yeah, that might be You know what's crazy? Speaking of Ovi and Gretzky, um, 2024 will be Ovi's 20th year in the NHL, and Gretzky only played 20 years. I think he played, what, 79 to 99? Sounds right, yeah. Wow, so it's like he's scoring at the same pace, because I thought like Ovi just had like longevity at his on his side, but yeah. no, the other he's... thing too is that Ovi lost so many games in his career, COVID yeah. and lockouts. Yeah. Yeah. I like there's a good chance if he hadn't lost all of those games, like he might be able to do it like this year or next year if he had. Yeah, and then and then time. you and then like you kind of look into the future too of like you know some of these you know mammoth McDavid. goal scorers and like you know a guy yeah a guy like mcdavid i mean you know yeah, like could mcdavid do it like or is like he Matthews. yeah or like, you know are either of those guys going to be the ones that you know end up demolishing this record in you know 2035 or 2036 or yeah. you know whenever but it's going to be interesting to see you know how it all shakes out and that's one of the things i love about the nhl is just there's so many moving parts Yep. You know, and you never know who's going to end up where. And, you know, you've got a lot of these guys, you know, we were just talking uh, before we jumped on the pod. Uh, you know, we're talking about Dustin Brown, you know, from the Kings. And, you know, the guy played his entire career as a king, you know. Um, you know, I feel like these days that's not as realistic just because, um, you know, salary cap keeps going up and there's, you know, money to be made in this sport. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if those days are necessarily over, but I could see guys like, mcdavid you know sticking around their really do you that i because i feel like that's not gonna happen like i think if mcdavid doesn't win with edmonton on his current contract he's gonna go somewhere else i mean it depends on how the team looks i just but his contract isn't like i'm saying like when he's done when he no longer has the years yeah because he only has like three i think if the team looks the same 
as it does now, like when that's like, I feel like he's going to go somewhere else. And that's even Wayne Gretzky was traded too, which is a crazy thing to He played say. on four different teams in 20 years. Yeah. 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 He was yeah, only like, I would be very, I think the people that will stick around and become like player for life, I feel like they, it happens usually because they win the championship. Like Crosby, Penguin for life, right? But he won the cup. Like Ovi True. will be a cap for life okay. because he won yeah. it there. He doesn't care. Like he doesn't have yeah. to chase it anymore. Yeah. yeah but, uh, like sometimes point. players just, they feel the need to like, they become so synonymous with a city that it's like, yeah, I don't care if I win. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, they, might, yeah, they also like have like the loyalty. He's also, oh, yeah, some people chase the cops. Some people are like, I want to be the man in this city, I guess. Yeah. I feel like um, McDavid's in a really bad predicament, though, because it's not like like he. Yeah, it, he's the best guy in the league, but he also plays with the second best player in the NHL. So it's like, why <laughs> would you leave if like like where are you going to go where you're going to get like as good of a player as Leon Draisaitl? <laughs> Yeah, better yeah. defense. <laughs> yeah, fair, like I fair mean, enough. But. I think he would take a better defense and like a good goalie with yeah. like, but also like how I'm not saying because I kind of do agree that Drysidle probably is the second best player in the league, but like, and I guess we kind of do know that he's good without McDavid because they, they he won the heart the year that McDavid was like injured for a pretty yeah. year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good amount of time. So yeah, you can't even make that argument that well, if he's not playing with McDavid, is he really the second best? Because well, he probably is. And I think that's the situation too. Like we, like no matter how much Drysaddle and McDavid score or make a sit, like no matter how many points they put up individually, they can never get over the hump of being outscored because their defense yeah. can't keep their shit together. Like that is crazy, and it's not like they're the only ones scoring the goals too. Like they obviously they it's like very skewed towards them. Yeah, but they have scoring from at least some of the other lines, but it really mm-hmm. is like shock. Like every time I watch their games, I'm like, how are they this sloppy? So just to bring up the Islanders, cause I know you guys are all, you know, you're the Islanders guys. Uh, I went to <laughs> Oilers Islanders couple, maybe like two months ago now at this point where uh, the, the Islanders blew out the Oilers and like, I like the Oilers. Like I pay attention to them. I'll watch them if they're on TV they have like their bottom lines. I was watching this game from the first row, like just right, right near the glass. And I'm like looking at these people, like I have no idea who half these players are that are on their like bottom two lines. Cause they're, they're scrubs. Like they're literally nobodies. And it's like their second line is people like you got like Cole Yarvey and like Kyler Yamamoto and guys like that. But even them, like these are high draft picks that are just not panning out for this team because this, they can't develop anyone besides the two best players in the NHL. <laughs> um, wait, wait, I gotta correct Jake really quick. I'm not a, I'm not an Islanders fan. Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> wait, what did he just? Show? I wasn't looking. <laughs> my, my, uh, my has jersey, the Bulls oh, logo carved in his chest hair. <laughs> no. All right, don't make come on, don't make me get the Stamkos reverse retro from the closet. Well, now let's go. <laughs> I, you know, it's just um. It's it's so funny to, you know, just to kind of like sort of wax poetic about this, you know, the, this kind of stuff, because there's um, there's so much that's interesting that's going on in the league. And there's so much um, I, I you know, I, I kind of love that, like every so often, you know, these players just sort of finally break out of that, like net they're in. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy like Jason Robertson, who, you know, like he had a pretty good year last year, you know, but I mean. You know, we're we're talking about a guy who is probably at this point on pace for, you know, sixty. Probably, 
second in the heart probably yeah you know and uh and i and i think that's something that's that's really cool um you know i just i that's something that i love a lot about the nhl is just that like a lot of young stars kind of get to to you know show their colors and show their athleticism and and you know be a part of these different teams who you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know but um that's one of the things like you know about the NHL and how tight their salary cap is and all this kind of stuff, which is why yeah. you have the stuff that you see with the Oilers. I mean, you know, you can only pay, you know, the great players so much. And if you've got dry McDavid with Nugent Hopkins and like, you yeah. know, all these, all these high paid yeah. guys on your team, the rest of your team has to be scrubs because you can only afford to, you know, shell out 10 mil on the rest of your team. So, you know, it's guys on, <laughs> You know, you're pulling up. That was in the back of my mind. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, unless you're Toronto. Yeah, unless you 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 cheat. (laughs) I don't know. Shamefully, I would love it if if the NHL just like decided to go to go MLB for like five years and just be like, nah, fuck the cap, no cap, and like just see what happens. Like guaranteed, like you know, like. Crosby would just like call OV and like who would call Patrick Kane, who would call Connor McDavid. And they're just like, we're all just going to get on one team and we're just going to, we're just going to smoke this league. We'll call nobody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no <sadness. laughs> He's still not signing any free agents. Yeah. Right. Well, that I, is, is, I think is a whole cool thing. Hockey, I just like I said, I watch, like I watch basketball. I watch football. Like yeah. every, like I, I'm okay with baseball, but, um, just as like well, the thing I've always noticed that hockey is so much different is people get so much more attached to like kind of like lesser known players or not uh-huh, even like yeah. lesser known, just like players that aren't inherently stars, like like Islanders fans that you guys love Casey Sizikis. And like Yeah, Casey Sizikis killed a dude, just so you know. What? Yeah, he did kill <laughs> he a dude in the rugby. So yeah, he killed a dude. So just uh, remember that. Whenever you bring I up did, Casey Sizikis, uh, the man could, Danny Heatley. Danny Heatley did well. kill someone too. I, think I have like a car accident. <laughs> Who's um Mikey will remember this? Who's the Islander that got hit by the car and just got up? Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt. Yeah, dude that's just got hit by a car, then just like stood up and was like, "Oh, nice hit," and just fucking walked away. Hockey players <laughs> are something else. Are man. those intangible skills that all those like goo? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of different types of players. I feel like that you're referring to when you say like the lesser known players have attachment it's like. like like, in I mean, hockey, are things think like, like a good example of someone just like guys? No, I think Sezikis like, is a perfect example. No, like, yeah, I mean, I, people I, like players that play with effort, even if it yeah. doesn't mean it shows up on the score sheet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, I think that's why Islanders fans are so enamored with with their you know their their identity line, which is that fourth line, because yeah. it's really made up of you know guys like Zeker and Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, mm-hmm. who are you know. Matt Martin, I tease all the time. Like the dude can barely skate. I, I don't know how they let him play hockey, but he's he's so he, he's just so determined. And it's like every time you see like a guy in the fourth line put a goal in, you just like you get this sense of joy because it's like you know, that's, I, like, that's it feels like something that was like due to come just because yes, Julian Gauthier go one for two hundred on his. Breakaway at times. Isn't he like thousand feet he's tall? Huge. Like he's he's so like tall, a big right? guy. He skates fast, and he always yeah. gets to the net. But he never. I because I, I think it's just he's he's always fighting someone off. Yeah. While he's like crashing the net, and then literally can't beat the goalie because of yeah. it. But he just runs into them 
I mean, sometimes he's drawing penalties though. So hey, look, look. I mean, everybody's <laughs> everybody's got their 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 place. You know. Uh, yeah. That's you know. the cool thing though. Like, yeah. Every player has a role. He, yeah. you ever, did you guys watch hockey in like the nineties at all? Like. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So do you remember the guy who he played for the Sabers? His name was Rob Ray. Oh yeah. He's still what? like the announcer for the Sabers. Or like, I think, he, I, I think like the in the really bench the guy. guy. Yeah, he um. he like he used to do this thing. He wouldn't like attach his pads to his jersey or his jersey to his pads properly, so he could pull his thing. Whatever the fuck he did, he would pull off all of his <laughs> equipment at the same time, so he was like slippery and would fight people. And like the fact that that's even like like people in hockey are like, yeah, yeah, remember Rob Ray would get slippery and fight people? Like that's a real. <laughs> Like, like, send it to another per- like person who's a fan of another sport. Like, well, he yeah, would always like happen. take his shirt off too. Like, he was like, yeah. he would just be like shirtless, <laughs> like, he like pads a, everything off. He would look like a like a like an old timey like fisticuffs boxer. Like the no, he looked oh, like yeah, he looked like Dolph that. Lundgren in Rambo, like, Rambo in, in fucking Rocky. That's Rocky, exactly. yeah. dude. He one hundred percent looks like Dolph Lundgren, like especially like in his prime. Yeah, let me see if I can pull the picture up really quick. If he dies, he dies. You know. Yeah, if he dies, he dies. Look at this, one hundred percent Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, that guy's that guy's <laughs> a meaty <laughs> man. That guy's a meaty man. So, um, I, I think we could probably make a quick transition uh, just because you took your uh, your shirt off and you've oh, got hot. you've got a vein, <laughs> you got a vein FM shirt on. So. Um, I always kind of love to to make this connection, and I think it's a very special connection on Long Island, and I think it comes back to Long Island hardcore, New York hardcore, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you're in a you know, you guys are in kind of like a more of like a you know, punky emo indie band, yeah. whatever you guys mm-hmm. call yourself. But, but here you are, you know, like wearing a Vein FM shirt, and I'm sure you listen to a lot of heavy music. So, yeah. um, you know, I guess if we could talk about long Island in, in general, just as a, as an area, um, you know, what kind of older stuff from long Island would you think has kind of influenced the way you've listened, the way you've written, the way you conceptualize your music, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe I like mean, the, the movie life. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Sure. Say, Jake. Like my, I mean, my like favorite them. band in the world is Bayside. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. I mean, they're, I guess they're kind of Long Island, but like not yeah, really at the same Island. time. Yeah, they're enough. I mean, well, you got two out of four or one out yeah, of four. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris used to have I just a know Nick. Shop in, uh, in Huntington. I remember that much, but like, I don't know. That's just like that stuff. Like, I, when I was probably like 17, I was also really into that band, This Good Robot. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. um, the patent pending offshoot. Sure. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not really a big patent pending guy, but I always liked this good robot like a lot yeah. more. And like honestly, they, I like not that like I, I mean you know obviously if you'd listen to our music you would like like everyone forms their own opinion. But I, I think about like they wrote music as like almost like a like like a band piece. Like it's not just like a song that a band's written. It's like an orchestral mm-hmm. piece almost sure. without the crazy effects and everything. So I was just like yeah kind of took a little whatever i could from that you know i try yeah. to i love that what, what about you joe what would you say i mean 
I could talk about like the the more generic Long Island band and like like Taking Back Sunday and like stuff like that, which I, I feel like everyone like grew up and listened to and really liked. Um, I mean, you're talking like Long Island bands. Who are uh? What's the band the other guy was in from the movie Life Nightmare View? I don't know if you guys know them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I really I like them. them. And I like discover them kind of re- like within the past few years. Like I didn't listen to them when they were like more active. Yep. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh okay, yeah. Um, and Pretty I'm bad. the Avalanche. Oh yeah. yeah, that counts, right? Yeah, because that's like yeah, you guys' is, movie. Is like. Hey, Brett yeah. yeah. And then we, yeah. Well, so we recorded with the drummer with Brett. Do you know him, Brett Romness? He plays for like, he plays for like every band now. He plays for every. He band. plays, yeah, uh, literally. But we recorded with him, and he does a great job. That's the drummer of the drummer of I'm the Avalanche movie. Avalanche, life. yeah, movie and like right. Crime and Stereo, yeah. Um, and he's recorded a lot of cool. Uh, well, he did like Heart Attack Man, and oh, um, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. He did the new um, any of band he's in, he records as well. Yeah. Obviously, no, they're. I, I mean, it's um, you know, Long Island is kind of um going uh going a little nuts right now because they just uh announced that um silent majority was going to play another show which is um you know which is like such a huge thing for for long island and um you know without like a band like silent majority you know like a band like glassjaw doesn't exist if a band yeah. like glassjaw doesn't exist a band like you know taking back sunday doesn't exist which means brand new didn't exist which means the movie life didn't exist you know so it's like you know all of this kind of stems back you know as you go back into the you know kind of early 90s you know kind of late 80s but like you know so much of it also stemmed from you know just new york hardcore in general you know so um but it's always cool to kind of hear how like you know long island can kind of like grow and develop a specific influence in you just because like you know, you, you see them all the time or you do this, you do that, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. I always feel like Long Island, as far as even just music, like we who are like, you know, everyone from here, we almost view Long Island as this like super like mundane kind of place. Like, it's like, oh, it's just the suburbs. Like, yeah, they get there's yeah. restaurants, like there's town, mm-hmm. but then you, you think of all the bands who kind of came from this area, from just so many different genres and how those bands like, yeah, they're popular here, but like, you know, you, you go taking back Sunday's popular where whatever emo night you go to across this entire country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Playing ta- like and it's like, huge. I feel like we sometimes like take that for granted. How sometimes popular. it's hard to tell, like that happens with like, Oh, so, Oh, so, because like yeah. everyone we know has known that band for so long sure. that mm-hmm. now he's like quite successful yeah, but like I don't know. I don't know. Like, is he really that? Like, because to me, it's always yeah, been popular. And then I look at Spotify, and I'm like, oh, he has that many plays on his. Yeah. Like, yeah, J- Jade is Jade is an interesting kind of cat, man. He's um, you know, he, he's just m- so musically inclined, and um, just writes really good songs. He does, and and to be honest yeah, with yeah. you, um, you know, when when Tav passed away, like I really didn't think he was going to keep going. Like, I, I really thought that that kind of was going to put a nail in his coffin, but he's, um, I mean, he loves what he does, you know? And, uh, I mean, I, I had a chance to see him when they played in, in Florida and, pe- and people dug him, you know? So it's, it's, it definitely, I, I get that for sure. Because, you know, 
you you know we've all seen him probably 10 15 20 times yeah. and playing all different iterations and all that kind of stuff so but you know like that's kind of like the cool thing about you know some of these other bands that are coming up you know out of long island you're uh you know like bands like you guys and off guard and, and koyo and like you know all these mm-hmm. bands that are starting to you know kind of be like the next generation of like what's going to come out of long island um and i'm kind of excited to see it because it's very um it's very diverse which is a cool thing and um you know you got bands like uh you know like inner love and star funeral and uh you know like all these great bands that are playing you know a little bit different music um but uh you know have the potential to you know kind of be the next uh Know, cool thing coming out of uh you know coming off of this island which has that pedigree i was gonna say too like i think we talked about it in in the off guard episode but there there was a there was a full genre that was just long island emo and it's really cool <laughs> to see this kind of like resurgence literally t- almost 20 years after long island emo really became a thing that we see a lot of these bands kind of coming up and out of long island um and, Look and, out and midwest we're yeah <laughs> exactly but it's funny too because the entire like, region to, of the midwest to joe's point too like there's a lot there's so many bands that you forget about that have come out of long island and like one of them recently that i've been really i've been really into again just because i've i've it's just the part of the scene that i grew up in is from autumn to ashes oh dude i actually really like that band (laughs) i there's one album of theirs that i used to listen to like so much when i was in high school and i just like it stuck with me i go back i wonder i wonder which one it is which honestly it's i think it's a one that is too bad you're beautiful no dude it's i don't even know what it's called hang on i have to literally go on their discography to remember abandon your friends that's the oh abandon your friends was good that's when um, one that's when what's his name started uh the drummer singing moved to them. vocals. Yeah, the drummer moved to, to vocals. Oh yeah. shit, really? I did yeah. not even know that. Because their original cool. vocalist, the original vocalist was like I, I he was like a bigger dude. He was like and, a Matt um, Russo. That type, album like, sounds like it dead. has two yeah. singers on it, maybe, but I can't tell. Like, yeah, I think screams as well as like I think um I think like Too Bad You're Beautiful, which was the first record, um, had definitely m- more of that like two guy juxtaposition, and then the next yeah, one that was so um, popular. The fiction for we so live, long. fiction we live. That one kind of also had it too. But then with abandon your friends, and then that last record they put out was uh, the um, the drummer who like had, in my opinion, the better voice and even had the better scream too. He has this kind of like guttural, you know, sort of like yeah. scream, which is which is really cool. But yeah, from on the ashes, where. We're a great band. We're, he we're reminds me of band. Andy Dick, the the drummer. He does he look looked, like Andy. He Dick looks like Andy bit. Dick. <laughs> so it was always so, weird seeing him like fun. like drum and sing because I was like, is that, is that fucking Andy. How, Dick? how would you feel if like like you know it's uh, what's it called Mandela effect where it's like you something was like you thought happened <laughs> and then like you found out that Andy Dick actually did drum in this. He band. really was the drummer. <laughs> that was in his like coke fueled rage. He was just yeah. a hardcore look, band out of Long Island. <laughs> Look, yeah, that's that's a great Andy Dick impression. It's pretty close. I'm actually really impressed you guys know who Andy Dick is because I feel like he was only like kind of like a sealer. I have no idea. I caught the tail. I'm I'm pulling him up right now. Yeah, I was gonna say like he was not. You saw him, you'd be like, oh, that's Andy Dick. He looks vaguely familiar, but I feel he had his own show, right? Like he he did, and then I think I think he might have had like a short stint being like 
the like color guy to like a late night show host or i shouldn't say color guy like the sidekick guy oh no way you know like how um how what's his name is conan sidekick whoa um, andy richter andy richter yeah yeah i just found a a very damning headline of andy dick on this oh, yeah. yeah there's plenty of them <laughs> there's a lot yeah <laughs> all right well <laughs> moving on in south carolina you can only imagine how how awful he can get andy dick man that's that's something else um but real quick uh mikey i uh i haven't had this opportunity to have discourse with mikey recently since i've been off the show but now that i'm back on the show and i'm very happy to be back on the show i i'd like to ask mikey this question because i think when it comes to long island we have very similar brainwaves but like what of all of the Long Island bands were like, do you think was the band that was like the one that just like could have been enormous, but just wasn't. I have two answers. So obviously as tall as lines right here. Yeah. I thought yeah. that band should have blown up. Yeah. And then I think envy on the coast, man, I think envy on oh, the coast yeah. was huge in the Northeast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, Justin, being down in South Florida, were you even really well aware of Envy on the Coast when they were playing or like heard of them later after they've already broken up? Um, I was that hipster in high school that repped every Long Island band because I thought that Deja and Tendu was the greatest record ever put out. And, and in hindsight, maybe not. <laughs> but at that it was time, at the time, <laughs> at that time, no, like seriously, like at, at that time, my I feel the same way. That was one of my favorites. And and I and, like I was in I was in high school from like you know 2002 to 2006. So that was like that prime time of you know Bayside was coming out. You had uh, from Autumn Ashes was out. Um, you had brand new. You had that split with Taking Back Sunday, where you had Straylight Run and Taking Back Sunday because John Nolan left. And then <laughs> you had, in my opinion, the greatest version of Taking Back Sunday with Fred. Um, so, I actually think I like those albums better with Fred on them. Yep. <coughs> but um, Matt, Matt was my Matt was my favorite was my favorite second guy. Honestly. Oh yeah, he honestly yeah he was he he he, he could belt and he just he had the voice and it was so good. And that, like, and and it, it makes us like seem like homers because like we've had like Matt on the pod like a couple times and like he's played hockey with Mikey and like, but like as sick. far as like talent is concerned, like man, every everything he touches is just like incredible. Like mm-hmm. Taking Back Sunday, the records that he was on was awesome. A Great Big Pile of Leaves was is incredible. Happy Body Slow Brain, incredible. Uh, Rare Futures, incredible. Like he's just like a freaking. He's a music guy, man. He just, he does it, you know, he's, he's able to do it. But, um, but I think that it's, it's also a cool thing too. Like, you know, how many bands like, like went through that, like taking back Sunday did like they had over three records sonically, like three completely different sounds because John Nolan, Fred master, whatever his name is. And Matt Fosley don't sound anything alike. No. So like yeah. you know, so like you know. you're you're hearing like granted you're you're getting the the um the constant of, of Adam's voice being the lead vocalist, but like 
everything else that's going on behind him and the way Taking Back Sunday works with all the interplay and counterpoint and all of the layered stuff. It's just like, you you know, you got to listen to like all this different stuff. And then if you were like, uh, if you were able to see them live, like, you know, getting to hear um, Fred sing John Nolan's parts is like, yep. cool. It's like a different, yeah. it's a whole different experience. It's like I always. Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. of Emo. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like vocal funny take, but it's definitely true. That's a great take, and honestly, it's probably a take where, like, if you pulled Adam Lazara aside and you were like, "Hey, I feel like you guys are the Red Hot Chili Peppers of emo," he'd, he'd be probably like, be super into it. Yeah, he would say Zowie Wowie because that's, my, that's literally my my biggest gripe about Adam Lazara that's ever existed. That. He like I know he lived in North Carolina for a hot second. You know, he goes to Long Island, he grows up on Long Island, and then like he moves back to North Carolina and then he plays shows and he's like, Hey, I'm Adam Lazara. I can I'm from North Carolina. This song I wrote is called a Q without an E. And it's like, dude, you that's not what you sound like. You've never sounded like that. Well, ever in your the, life. What's that record they put out title? Tidal waves, Tidal yeah. Waves, yeah. Tidal wave, yeah. That was he. He really hammed it up on that one, like even with like the and like, I, the track thing and about Taking Back Sunday that I, I feel so bad about, and I'll never, I'll never forget this. So, Taking Back Sunday did this like really intimate show at uh, Ollie's. I've seen, the, I've seen them at Looney Tunes, dude. Ollie's Point. It was at Ollie's Point, or whatever funny. Ollie's became. What did Ollie's Ooh. become? That was Revolution. After. Rev. Yes, yeah, so it was at yeah. Rev. So. Taking Back Sunday, Tidal Wave comes out to, like, not really favorable reviews. Yep. And then, like, they announced this show where he's like, we're playing two sets. The first set is going to – yeah, right? He's like, the first there. set is going to be all, like, the old songs. And then the second set, we're just going to play Tidal Wave. And the bar packed out for, like, the, the like, greatest hit set. And then, like, they took, like, a 20-minute break and came on and, like, literally two-thirds of the bar left <laughs> that's and, just so and and cool. not only that and like the same thing happens i'll never forget with um when the early november were coming back they were just coming back uh if you're an early november fan like i was they're just coming back after a long hiatus they put out this record the record was all right uh but they decide to go on tour and they bring the wonder years as direct support on their tour so this is like the wonder years like suburbia like wonder years like yeah. they were like mm. fucking you know that was like their peak dude they played webster and i like i felt so bad like you know here i was like one of those guys was like great i get to see the wonder years in the early november this is awesome was that like 2015 I, I think it was like 2015 or 2014 or something I, but i think i was yeah. also <laughs> uh, but that would have been greatest generation right uh or like, it might have been oh greatest that might have been greatest generation yeah because yeah, i feel like greatest Came Wonder Years played college. and almost half the crowd left. <laughs> That's and like nice. the early November was playing to like a half filled room. And I'm sure like Ace Enders was probably thinking like, I thought we sold this shit out. Why? What's happening? But the reality is, it's like all of those kids who like love the Wonder Years, like they maybe didn't go back that far to realize like how much they would have liked the early November. And like yeah. the guys that did stick around that didn't know shit about the early November were probably like, Oh, this band fucking rips, you know? But yeah, I, even at the time I wasn't the big, I look even now, I think I only know like one early yeah. November song. I think it's I, uh narrow mouth. It's a good so song. That's like a newer yeah. one. Like, yeah. Like, 
I was kind of just waiting for them to play that, and then I was like, all right, I'll head out. Yeah, yeah, that is a band where I've known them like my whole life. I know a few songs, but I just feel like they never really hit. Maybe I just am not friends with the fans, but like, but like their fans are forty years old. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's the reality of it. Just they didn't stick. Like they didn't because sometimes old bands like infiltrate like. Any any person that listens to classic rock that's a kid, like that stuff like stays and it's like still good oh, yeah. and it's always good. And I guess the earlier November was a band that didn't remain. Because they got like weird. really weird after their like two most popular albums. Like I know Tom's a weird early November fan, so he probably uh, the liked that, like Panic the Path wasn't that yeah, weird. So he, also, he released like a triple to... a triple LP. After like their peak, and I feel like that just killed their. I mean, I'm, I'm the I'm the weird guy that like my favorite record from like all the bands that like everyone has a favorite record of like it's mine yeah. isn't that one, you know. Mm. But like it is what it is. Um, I want to keep talking about all this cool shit, including talking a little bit about alumni and how you guys got started and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I have to guess that Mikey's got to do a thing. I do, right? and. That thing is tell you guys about DraftKings. Hey. <laughs> so the NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day on the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if you lose, and if you lose, you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars. Action, so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet five dollars on any NFL team and get two hundred free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Mikey, you gotta, really you gotta remember hoping, to breathe. I was breathe. really hoping that <laughs> you would just play a sweet, like acoustic guitar riff. As oh, I was we'll reading. do that next time. I have my my guitars right over here. Yeah. See, we'll at, at one point, it said to like discuss a matchup. And I literally have watched zero minutes of football this year. And I was like, yeah, and Chad Pennington is back and he is going to win the Super Bowl. I would have loved it if you would have just started talking about Chad Pennington. Can I just take like, one second just to tell a weird 30-second story about Chad Pennington? Actually? Yeah, you <laughs> sure can. Uh, I used to work at Urban Outfitters in the Huntington Mall, and this this lady like walked in, and like I was behind the register. She's sitting there like talking to me. I'm not really paying attention, and she goes, oh, you like football? She goes, well, I'm best friends with Chad Pennington. And I was like, that's – like, what? And she pulls out her phone, and there's like this picture of him like holding her like they're dating. And I was like, isn't he married with like four kids? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his name's also not Chad. That that that, that part blows my mind. It's What's Chad his real Rick? actual name? James. It's James Chadwick Pennington. Aye, all right. Yeah. See, I like that. 
right? Do you James Pennington? You're Jim Pennington. Jim Chad. <laughs> Jay's yeah, Jim Pennington. Chad. JC or JC. If it was the 1920s, he would just call himself J.C. Pennington. Or if he was a 90s boy band, he would just be JC Pennington. JC Yeah, Pennington. without the dots. I, I feel like to abbreviate my name to J.A. Cohen or something like that. Dude, I mean, like, that's what you did. If you thought you were fancy as fuck in, like, the 1910s and 20s, by the way, uh, if you get a chance to go on Hulu, uh, History ch- uh, Channel has this thing called The Foods That Built America. It's the fucking coolest thing in the world. It's about, like, Coke versus Pepsi and, like, Nabisco versus things. And because, of, like, all the shit started in, like, the 1910s, everybody had these stupid names. Like, Mikey's name would be mp ryan like that's what your name would be and like that's what all these guys names where it was like jcr chadwick the third jc wentworth baby yeah jc jg wentworth where the yeah. best care a pet can get <laughs> i don't think that's, right no, that's not it. it that's the that's the <laughs> i want my money and i need i need my money and i want it now oh that's the one i have a structured eight, settlement yeah, eight, seven, seven, <laughs> I'm a big isn't it wild? Of- isn't it wild how like a good jingle fucking just sticks with you? Like my wife and I sing yeah. the Kenko's jingle all the time. Do you guys remember the fucking Kenko's jingle? It's like one, it's but... like designer floors and shower doors. Something, something Kenko's is great. Well, it's not that good, then. I'm, I'm a big fan of my uncle makes them and my father sells Dude, them. Yes, I'm them. glad oh, you said yeah. that. My uncle Can't makes them. My sells That's like them. the most Long Island commercial ever. And Salino <laughs> and Barnes. Three brothers. Is, uh... That and and and, and two two brothers scrap. Two metal. brothers, yeah. Is, is the most kids. Long Island thing. The the dad has like got his like 900 what Italian daughters. Yeah, and she's like, Dad, we got all this scrap metal. He's like holding the optimum remote. He's like, fuck. You dick, and like that's what happened, <laughs> and then that's it. And then it's great. That's what, I, and then Florida has a guy, and Justin can tell you about him. The player's direct guy, yeah. He's like, he's like, new inbox 768. <laughs> he goes, he's like, he's like, don't cook your spinach. On the stove, put it in the <laughs> microwave, and sometimes he'll just have an eye patch. <laughs> and and sometimes he doesn't. And we, we, there was this whole thing about like how his wife would like would abuse him. Like oh, it was just like this, this oh whole like inside God. joke that like yeah she just punched him in the face one day and that's why he has the eye patch. <laughs> um, Local commercials are always unhinged. so crazy. My I was in. In Orlando is uh, the it's a Four Seasons pool. It's uh, it's really quick. It just goes. If you have a backyard, we can put a pool in it, and that's it. <laughs> you got? Do you guys oh like baseball God. or like? Do you listen to WFAN at all? I used to back when yeah. I lived in, in New York. Yeah. yeah. So they have this commercial that plays every single. It's not that you know what? No, it hasn't played in a while. But every time, it always just I can't like I lose my mind. Uh, the com- it's like along the lines of like, are you like addicted to cocaine and you're looking to either lessen the amount or stop doing cocaine? Like call this number now. And like, I don't know why they have to add the part about lessen the amount. I don't want to quit, but I just, I, I need just to like do a little week. less. It's yeah, getting too expensive. Tired, tired of five days a week. I need to cut it back to three. I want to keep doing it, but it's. I need to cut down to a quarter ounce. Yeah, like 
Can you imagine you like you're working at like a rehab center or whatever and someone calls and they're like, I think I have a problem with cocaine. They're like, sir, we're going to get you help. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just a little bit. <laughs> so I don't want to do it. Just... How good are you guys? Because <laughs> So fucking A, man. Alumni, give me the give me the deets. When did the when did you guys start like playing oh. together? Like how did you guys kind of come together as a band and Here, I got you know all right, so Joe actually isn't the original drummer of the band. There, um, he never is. When <laughs> the new the original drummer has kids and a wife, and he moved. That's usually the deal. But um, so our guitar player Zach, him and his friend Andy, when they graduated from college, they both wanted to start a band. They found this other guy that his name was John that used to be our drummer, and. Uh, they kind of just were like looking for vocalists on Facebook. And I was like, I'm bored. I'm like, I was like 18 at the time. So I was just like, yeah, I'll get right in there. And then like, we, we released a little bit of music as like with that lineup and we had some member changes and then, the, uh, you know, everyone left except for me and the guitar player. And then we got my buddy Joe here who we had kind of, <laughs> he, he was pretty ready to hop in. <laughs> And then uh, our bass player, Matt, also, like, at the same time, they both joined the band, and we've probably had the same lineup for about six years now. Or probably, right, Joe? Like, six? Uh, when did... Yeah, it's probably been... Wow, that's, like, kind of a long time to be a band. But, yeah, it's probably been <laughs> about five or six years. We're almost getting to, like... We're almost getting... Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> I feel like if we just play a few more good shows, like, we can make yeah. it to, like, The Garden or something, you know? Really. <laughs> Listen, I hear, I hear, I hear. I hear Billy Joel loves playing the garden. Someone was telling me that. Wait, we were talking about how people like bands from Long Island that are like really. But obviously, I know we're not really talking about Billy Joel music. But someone was explaining to me, like, this is how our like perceptions are a little bit skewed. That he's like not that famous, or he's not as famous as we think he is. It's oh no, he's he's, dude, like, he's literally like I know he's famous, but he's Long Island's he's Long Island Springsteen, like yeah. Except that for the sense. fact that like Springsteen is like you know big everywhere. Even mm-hmm. though he's from Jersey and they love him in Jersey, they love him across Middle America because he's you know fucking blue jeans every man, yeah. you know. He's but regular. like Billy Joel, like all he really ever sang about was like being like drunk and like. <laughs> like you know and like and everybody in long island is like yeah like i'll I'll drink to that billy joel and you know it's like islander fans like bro have you ever seen islander fans like most islander fans are billy joel fans like they're literally just like Mm. you know like you're sitting in their fucking section of the nassau coliseum that's have you seen them down asbestos is just dripping (laughs) on their heads and you know it's like Long Island in a nutshell, like a, a fucking black guy walks in because he loves hockey and he wants to sit down and the whole section is like, oh, the garden's that way, you know, like you can't <laughs> like hockey, you know, like that's Long Island. Like, and it sucks because I, I, so I moved from Long Island to Orlando and Orlando is, is honestly truly in the country, probably one of the most progressive cities in the country. And I used to think that like Long Island was like, I was like, oh, great. It's so progressive. It's just the people I surrounded myself with. Yeah. Oh, Everybody yeah. else, yeah. like the generations like that came before us and stuff, 
They're awful. From the city to Long Island in an effort to not be progressive. They were like, yeah. Well, yeah, no, literally, that's like what a suburb is, at least this one. It's like they didn't want to be in. Got to keep it old school. Yeah, they're just like, fucking Mayor Koch, you know, like that's kind of (laughs) like, that's like, that's it. But um, I don't know, like, exactly where I was going with it. Oh, we were talking about Billy Joel. That's why Long Island loves Billy Joel because they're all drunk and they're all Republican and Billy Joel's like, Republicans are great. And they're all like, yeah, we are great. You know, like that's, yeah, that's what you had in mind. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Seeing him at Madison Square Garden was one of the most life-changing experiences it was incredible. ever. It was incredible. I've seen Billy Joel people... probably eight or nine times and I, I love him to death. The Stranger is one of like the best That's records ever, ever well, made. Yes, album. And, but I love that um, song. Yeah, yeah, the whole album's great. And then like one of the first like things I ever listened to on CD, I was like four. Literally, I think it was like 1991. Billy Joel had put out this live album with uh, where, where he played in Russia, and uh, I remember my mom had it, and my mom put it like into like her like five, old school five CD changer, and we would just listen to it. And my mom's like, yeah, this is Billy Joel. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. So, like, my mom introduced me to, like, other stuff she thought was cool. And, like, sometimes she hit the mark. Like, she was the one that, like, got me into, like, Springsteen and, like, Zeppelin and, like, all those bands. But other other times she was like, you should listen to, like, Paul Anka. And I'm like, no. What? I don't want to fucking listen to that guy. I love Paul Anka. Do you really? My problem. My problem is my. I'll be right back, guys. I gotta just take my dog out. She seems to be my my parents. My dad didn't like anything. Like he didn't like music that much. His favorite band was Yes, and I didn't know that until after he had passed away. Oh shit! Like I was like, Mom, like what? What? Like what was his favorite band? She's like you, and I was like, No, like really, like what was his favorite band? She's like, I guess like Yes. And I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" My mom's like a diehard Jackson Brown fan, so like oh. that was the dichotomy. Oh yeah. So any any emo that I picked up over the years is because I played video games. Like, <laughs> I mean, like that, you know, the funny thing about that is, like, we've talked about it ad nauseum on how the soundtracks for those early NHL games like changed people's life. Yep. Like. NHL 03 having like Alexis and fire on it or yeah, whatever. It's like, people were like, Holy shit. Like, what is this? And it's funny. Cause the NHL 21 soundtrack, which I've listened to a, a billion times because I've just been playing it constantly. Um, the only good song on it is by that band called idols. I don't know if yeah, you guys, well, Mr. Motivator, Mr. Motivator, such a great song. And well, then it made you- me put on that record. And I was like, this record rips. Do you know, um, Tom, do you know my, my friend Tom? Actually, He actually knew who you were. Do you know Tom Seavey? Oh, yeah. I love Tom Seavey. That's Tom my guy. He's a very good friend of mine. He, um, he the uh, last week, Golden Hour booking, we put together a cover show, or maybe two weeks ago. I did a transit cover band with John Argandiza. But yeah. Tom did an Idols cover band where he was the front man, and he dressed oh, up as that's Santa. that's so cool. Oh, it was my God. It, honestly <laughs> the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> But that's I, I, uh, yeah, no, I I love me some some Tom CV man. I love me some John Argandiza too, man. That's like two every solid time rolling boulders. Oh, dude, and not only that, but like John Ar- oh, man, I shared a practice space with, with John Argandiza back when he was playing in in Table Talk. Oh, okay, back that, at the that, Dale spot. Yeah, that guy might be the best drummer on Long Island. Like he, he might hits very hard. Like he hits hard. 
He is just incredible when it comes to playing like linear drums and he's like creative and oh my God, he's just so good. Table Talk were honestly that band that I thought had they had stuck around for another couple of years, they would have been well, signed, to, enough, signed to Hopeless or something at this point, you know? Sal from Table Talk helped us with the transit cover band. Oh yeah? That's... Yeah, we brought him out of retirement for that one. Great dude, man. I and I like I can't tell you like how many times I I you know played with Table Talk and saw them and all that kind of stuff, but they're they were so good. And I mean I love Interlove too. You know they're 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 a great band. You know Ryan has a uh, you know Very an unbelievable voice. voice, but like you know I just those Table Talk songs were just all so good. So, but um, but yeah, but you know just to kind of go back to those NHL soundtracks, I mean like you know, we had an opportunity many episodes ago to talk to the, you know, two people at EA who actually would curate these playlists. Oh, that's and, uh, cool. And, and, and the reason it was so cool was because they essentially were like, you know, we have free reign of like what we could do and what we can use, but like, we don't want to like go to like Arista records and just like get a, you know, techno song like you know yeah. we, we want it to be something that you know uh, like hockey fans might get into or just to get exposed to well and i mean hockey hockey more than any other sport it definitely yeah. like this genre of music that we all mostly enjoy it like kind of gears towards like hockey fans a lot like most hockey fans that i'm friends with are all into like you know like emo music or metal yeah. core you know, that's yeah. why we have yeah many guests lined up like um I don't know, i'm trying to th- like uh the, it, i think the same game you were talking about nhl 21 yeah they had uh fluctuate by catfish and the bottle men on that okay and like i'm not the biggest catfish and the bottle men's fan but like i'm hearing these songs and i'm like thinking like this isn't a big enough band where it's in a major title and that's kind of yeah. cool like, mm-hmm. this is like, you know, it's like, yeah, they're like a big touring band. But like, yeah. you know, you, Joe Schmo, who, mm-hmm. you know, loves the Dallas Stars, isn't going to be like, oh, Catfish and the Bottle Man? Like, well, yeah. aren't they from uh, uh, Britain? I don't know. I'm just using this as an example of like yeah. a random band that was like on a more recent soundtrack where it's like, yeah. you're, you're kind of surprised that they're there. Yeah. I don't know if the mentality Sometimes was different bands back in from the day. other countries. You don't realize that they're truly as popular as they are like i feel like catfish is an, is an example like they're not like arctic monkeys level famous but like they are quite famous same kind of band I feel, though so i feel yeah. like um do you, yeah, do you guys american know? dream being on one of the yeah. nhl soundtracks yeah. like that's, that's my that's my end goal in life but they I don't do care. well they have like turnstile on the nhl soundtrack don't they yeah, oh, but, I mean, yeah. yeah. but they're huge but like gatsby's american yeah. dream was playing long island to 15 kids and yeah. then we're on an NHL soundtrack. That's kind of crazy. They yeah, like know. that's that exactly. Like that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like the I feel mm. like the NHL goes out of their way to find kind of like 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 pop punk hits. Like even like goal, half the goal songs in the NHL are like Blink One Eighty Two songs. Like yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the Avalanche. They always play. Uh... It's all the small <laughs> things. Small every things time yeah, score. that's not yeah. their goal song. Oh. Uh, their goal song is some other thing, but they play that. They play the Blink song all the time. Maybe like after the initial horn. I, I just think it's cool. They go through the. They, they even go through the work of doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, when I most of my music taste 
really does come from video games I played when I was like 10. So like Dude, to yeah. know that like someone else is getting that same experience that I was getting when I was a kid where like oh, yeah. it's kind of shaping the way I view music and the way I interpret music, but like very subconsciously. Yeah. That like, I don't know, like that's that's kind of ex- it's cool. Like it, it's, it maintains this like, all right, like kids, there's a chance. There's everyone. There's still hope for people. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, just want to kind of shift it into, um, you know, the new music alumni ha- has written. So you guys were kind enough to, um, you know, share, uh, you know, this you know, new EP that you guys have coming out in the next couple of months with us. So, uh, you know, really, really great stuff to listen to. I just, um, you know, kind of want to hear a little bit about, um, you know, how this EP was conceptualized. Was it something that like, were you working on it through COVID or was this all post COVID mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of what, in, what went into writing the songs, you know, what's your kind of method, method to your madness there? It was definitely um, mostly COVID stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So like we actually had like maybe probably like five songs written before, like right at the beginning of COVID yeah. we had like a bunch of a little, you know, some songs that we wanted to potentially record. Mm-hmm. And then we demoed them all out and maybe like two of them were still there when we were done. I think it was King of Nothing and Grow. And then like, I don't know, like I'm not the primary songwriter by any means, but like I sit there and I come up with stuff all day. So eventually we can, I think with Eddie Champagne, I kind of like every day I had nothing to do because I was unemployed. So I would just go to our band room and I would sit there and talk to Ryan from Inner Love. And then I, I would just <laughs> I would just work on songs all day because everyone else was working. So event like there it, it like the writing process I don't know like just as far as like just the concept the idea of the song like it really wasn't anything like out like mind boggling like it was just like oh like I think this is a catchy melody and like a lot of like our songwriting is just me thinking of just a melody having it as simple as possible because I'm not really the best guitar player. And then giving it to our guitar player, Zach, and being like, what can you do to make this not sound awful? (laughs) And taking it from there. Yeah. Awesome. It's a chaotic process sometimes, too. It's it's been very volatile. Yeah, I don't know. Because we kind of like throw shit at the wall until we're like, never mind. Let's not. Yeah, we're like, let's not do that. Okay, let's do this. And then it's like a million ideas until we we find the way that it like it works now like as far as like to that end like song refinement would be like considered so like let's say you guys all together come up with like a rough idea of like a song you guys demo it out you know play it out you know who's the one that typically kind of comes to the song to refine it and say um you know maybe we could do with this with the bridge or maybe we could do that like is there one person that kind of does that or is it i don't think it's one person yeah it's all yeah we're there's always like a compromise that has to be made when when i write songs i will only write one verse and one chorus or like maybe if there's a little thing that i can think of to add on later that i'm like no that has to be in there or else this is going to sound terrible but like i really only come up with a verse in the chorus because i don't want to write an entire song and then present it to you know the rest of the band and be like like why don't you want to play it exactly how i view it like i don't know like we especially our our bass player matt he's like a music teacher while he was going to be one and so he's very like (laughs) analytical about mm-hmm. the way he like writes music and he's very yeah. like 
it's it's very it's it, to the point where it's almost uh, annoying but it's still, his mind is a jumbled mess but he knows everything about like well, not everything about yeah, music theory, yeah but he's very well versed. about the major minor keys that yeah we all write in yeah. he's very yeah. well versed in music theory and i think he knows like too much for his own good because his mind is always like and yeah, presidential history stuff. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i mean I, I was i was there man that's kind of like you know i I went to school for music and i played in a bunch of bands and i would write entire songs and all this kind of stuff and like of course like i thought the shit i wrote was the best shit ever but the reality is some of the best music that i was ever a part of was all collaborative Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you don't really want to like admit that to yourself i mean like i've literally been writing full songs like using midi for 20 years at this point and i mean like i've probably got like five or six hundred songs i've written but like only a couple of them have actually really became real songs. And the whole idea is like, you know, you write a full composed piece of music and you have to have like that skin where someone could be like, yeah, well, what about this? And like, you not be like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, you know, and I don't have that. I don't have that. Like, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, you know, I, when I write things, like I'm super particular about it. And I guess, oh man, like this is going to sound shitty to say, but I guess like, you know, my like contemporaries who I wrote music with, like the people that I would feel more comfortable with, like changing something I wrote are like the people who I musically respected. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, maybe to me at least 25 people that like fit into that category who I'd, jump behind the kit for at at any time for anything but they were also kind of the people who were like well probably were did the shit that you said where you were like yeah it's super fucking annoying but like you know it's it's cool shit to play but it's also like you know am i in a band or am i kind of like being like a cover band for you and that you know that like something i've always always thought about and uh, I don't know why it came to the surface right just now, but it did. <laughs> the realization. So no, I I understood what you meant. You were like, I'm gonna feel like such a dick for saying this, but yeah. like, <laughs> I only want to do stuff. Well, I mean, I I think some people you just end up collaborating. That's just you knowing, like, artistically, I will mesh mm-hmm. well with this person, so it's worth yeah. it. Because sometimes sometimes it really just sucks when you like are playing with someone and you realize that. It's there's two incompatibilities and you're just like, ah, oh, like, yeah, but I, I agree. I mean, and, and I guess just... like skin in the game. Cause when it's like song mm-hmm. ideas that you're writing, cause it's different. Yeah. Cause you could just approach it as it was like, yeah, I'll play your, like your music for you. Like for mm-hmm. this show, like that's very, like, it's more of like a job in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're like collaborating with original ideas, yeah, it can become, I mean, I don't even write songs, but I like understand how that becomes yeah. like a vulnerable experience that you don't want to do with someone else. If you don't think yeah. it's going to be and, worth the time. And I think not the vibes. And, of it. and I think like, as far as like lyricism is concerned, and I think that's where it can get even dicier for, you know, cause when you're writing the content of a song, yeah. you know, you're, you're often, you know, writing from personal experiences and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, like, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's hard to explain it's like you know the 
the music and the vocal melodies are are important in their own way, but like the content of what's being said and how the content like interplays with the music is also mm -hmm. super important too. So as a vocalist, and I can probably ask, you know, I can ask you, Jake, and I can also kind of ask you, Justin, just to get your perspective on it. But like, you know, as a vocalist or as someone who writes vocal melodies and all that kind of stuff, like how important is it to you that like your most emphatic line or like, you know, the thing you want to come out in the song the most is highlighted along with the music. You know what I mean? Um, honestly, with the band, a lot of the, with the lyrics, I, I write pretty much all the lyrics. Okay. Like, and for me, a lot of like lyric writing, it's not like, I kind of take like vague ideas and concepts instead of taking like something like super personal and writing about it. And like maybe okay. sometimes like some personality or like things that like, Will, mm -hmm. you know about me will be accentuated through it but for the most part it's more just like a like it's like a kind of just like an idea rather than like it's like this song is about like my my dog or whatever mm -hmm. um i don't know there is like a certain level of like vulnerability because like even if you don't feel like you're like your lyrics or some like crazy like oh you know it's like oh i didn't like oh this is so meaningful and like stuff like there there is like a certain level of vulnerability of showing it to other people and, and being like, so what do you think? Like, you want to work on this? And they're like, well, why did you say this? Or why did you say this? Or blah, blah, blah. But um, honestly, for the most part with the band, they never really like questioned what I wrote that much <laughs> lyrically, at least like maybe like they would like how I'd sing it would be like changed. Mm -hmm. But for the most, like if I felt like a line was important, like nobody ever really like told me no, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like the same thing. So like if for context, uh, this will be the ninth year I've been working with Mike. Um, so Mike's the singer of out of time. He and I have known each other for nine years this coming November. Um, and we've been pretty much doing this since we, the minute we moment we met. Um, and it, it, it took a little bit of time to kind of, get us into the groove of things but now we're to the point like especially with with the last album that we wrote and even with the new stuff that we're writing right now working with mike he can say something and i can be like okay cool like let's let's use this or let's use this and i know what we're, we we have this wavelength together where i understand what he wants to come up with and and very similar to you jake like it's mm -hmm. nothing it's nothing specific to the point where it's like almost too personalized but it's something that everybody can kind of relate to in essence even though it's coming from a certain point of view mm -hmm. yeah oh that's um and, and, and it's it's it took us like a, it took us a little bit to kind of get to that groove but like mike and i can literally sit in a room and um i mean lost boys on on no boundaries uh or the album that we put out last year is a prime example of that where mike and i sat in a room and we were just going back and forth like boom 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 let's try this let's try this let's try this let's try this yeah um and i could be like hey like go in here and uh for like this vocal line like think of like you know uh paramore like think of like um you know this song on riot and he'll go in there and he'll belt it like not to Haley, but he'll, yeah. he understands what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. and he'll, yeah. and he'll nail it. Yeah. 
Um, that's what i feel like with a lot with songwriting how i'm not saying like vocalists should steal melodies from like famous songs but like if you take like the certain ways that like like you know like take what you like you know like see what other other vocalists do like the way that they accentuate certain words and stuff like that like I can't really think of a specific example off the top of my head just because, but I do it in all of our songs or like, even like subconsciously, like one of our, um, I think it's like our number one song, Sunblock. I think it's like our top song on like our streaming. Everyone always makes fun of me because the melody is like the same melody as what a girl wants. <laughs> but it's not like I didn't, I didn't write it that way. Like maybe subconsciously I did. Cause I love that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But it's just like the way, like, we ingest so much different types of music and like, yeah. we just like take in everything. So it's like, eventually like your brain is just going to start plugging random things together. And eventually something's going to click in your head and be like, this melody kind of sounds like a Weezer melody, but I don't really know why. Yeah. And now it's like, that's um, the song. Like <laughs> everything is derivative of music. Yeah, like, no one, no one is ever truly original anymore. Like, I'm not saying that to no, be like mean, but like me, it, it, people <laughs> can be original, but like everything is something that used to be something that used to be something else. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and it's uh, all, and a lot of it is cyclical too, you know, mm-hmm. it all, it yes. all kind of comes around in, in, in circles. And I think you see that in popular <laughs> music a lot, you know, you kind of see the trends that are kind of, swirling around and in, in pop music yeah. and rock music and it's all like, that look kind at, of stuff. It's look at good progressions for you by Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, that? that good uh, for you by Olivia Rodrigo like oh, it, yeah, it man. Is very much, you know, misery business. Hold on, let, I, I, I want to let Mikey purpose. say it. I want to let Mikey say it cuz I, I don't even know what you're that. talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? You're not going to throw shade at Dan from As Tall as Lions. I'm not going to throw it. shade at him, but I wanted you to say it because as soon as we said Olivia Rodrigo, a little smile perked up because you're like, I have, I can finally get into this conversation that these nerds are having. <laughs> I like the song. I'm just going to pretend really that when Justin was talking about those lyrics that he was writing with Mike, he was talking about me. I'm just going to pretend that that's what was going on. You know that I was. About Lost so, Boys? No. I'm kind of excited to see like the, the 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 new progression of things because Mike has gotten really really close with Vinny Caruana over the like the last six seven months. Yeah, um, he's a cool guy. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a really cool dynamic that's gonna kind of like spill into the 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 songwriting process is just inject a little bit of Long Island into to out of time. <laughs> it, Don't be that fun. way. With Vinny Caruana, it's, it's, it's funny you bring him up. I like we, us and Off Guard. We played with him. Yeah, like, what was that in like May or something? And like, oh, I, yeah. I we had already known Brett from I'm the Avalanche for like years at that point. Like, and we were you know we were friendly with him. And I had met Vinny before, but like when I like a vocalist, I can't like help but be like an annoying fanboy whenever yeah. I meet them. So like it's bad like anyone else i don't care like i've met like famous football players like i've met people like that i don't care but if i meet a singer like i i come off like the biggest like dork and like even Vinny like said that to me he like i was i walked up to him i was like dude like i'm such a big fan and he was like and like we were talking and he's like dude like 
you're cool. Like, relax. Like, you know. <laughs> Didn't you say, like, like, it was a pleasure talking to you or yeah, something? Like, and he was like, don't say that. Don't like, say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you had a horrible time talking to me, pal. <laughs> but he you remember me the next time I saw him. He was like, how are you, Jake? And I was like, ah. he remembers me. <laughs> Dude, you never... I feel like when you when you're meeting anybody famous, like you just you just never know what the fuck is gonna happen. Yeah. Like you just don't know. Like I've met like I, I get that way with with like pro wrestlers. Like I just I do. And I live in an area where like you know full of pro wrestlers. <laughs> pro wrestlers are everywhere. So you know, I've run into a couple of them here and there, and like some of them I was like pretty cool with, and like one of them I might have followed down the street for too long. <laughs> and finally when i like was able to catch up to him i think i said something like super weird i was like oh man you're really good at wrestling or something and he was just like yeah i am right. thanks and like walked away from me and i was Jeez. like fuck what like, wrestler was sucks. well tom uh, you weren't you weren't on the episode where we had pat from Uns uh unsigned pop punk no, where he, I don't think so. he met Wayne Gretzky in the Mall of America. Wow, I would freak out. Oh, I and love that story. <laughs> so he like runs up to him and he had like like his brain shut off when no, he finally no, no. got he, to him. He screamed in the middle of Mall yeah, of America. So he was just like Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> and then he like runs up to him and he like shakes his hand and he just is like, Thanks for hockey. <laughs> Hey, 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 if you're going to thank anyone for it, thank the guy whose number's retired by every team, right? Yeah, that's, wow. that's true. But I wonder no, how recognized Wayne Gretzky gets because I feel not. Like a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people know just his name, but yeah. not how he's not he very gets. recognizable, like at all. And and like in and, and the busiest mall in America, you scream out. Wayne Gretzky. That's like someone going Dan Marino in Miami, yeah. and everyone's gonna just yeah, pile yeah. on top. Of I mean, him. if he in in Canada, I think different story. But yeah. oh yeah, if he was in like Edmonton or something, yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. But even if Wayne Gretzky but... walked through like Times Square, I think yeah, I think Wayne. Nobody would know Times who he was if he was in Times Square. Out, like they probably, probably get a lot of like you get a lot of those double takes. You know, yeah. you get a lot of people that would be like, is that fucking Wayne? Dude, that'd be I a follow good social Tony Hawk on Twitter, yeah. and Tony Hawk is always talking about how like people like kind so of recognize him. They're like, "Oh, you have the same name as the skateboarder," and he's like, yeah. uh, "It's he has a skateboard." No, it's me. Literally, me. Yes, <laughs> yes, he has a skateboard. It's Dude, I, I just was I read one of those the other day, which was so, so funny, funny. Where so he's on a he's on a plane, and I guess the lady he's sitting next to like opens up like the overhead bin, and there's like four skateboards in there, and like she was just like. <laughs> Oh, like who's the skateboarder? And he was like, Oh, like that's me. And she was like, Well, are you any good at it? And he's like, I guess. <laughs> like, like, I remember no, you're good. <laughs> I remember seeing the videos of him like going around uh whatever neighborhood he was in, like telling people on skateboards to do a kickflip. And they would like all oh, do it, but I was like, dude, that's literally like LeBron James like going around to a basketball court and telling yeah. kids like, yo, dude. But the reaction is like, oh, I think I can do a kickflip. It's like, dude, it's Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming up to you while you're skateboarding. I feel like that's just yeah, invented <laughs> yeah. punk music. But yeah. we gotta we, we're we're a little bit we're a little bit over time, so let's uh we'll, yeah I'm, we'll I'm wrap sorry. it up on the 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 Tony Hawk. Um. <laughs> Which I mean, honestly, like huge for PS soundtracks have been pivotal to to this music. But 
but yeah, definitely like let us know, let the like the listeners know like where to find you guys on socials, where to listen to you guys, plug anything that you have coming up. I know you guys got a show with handguns coming up. Um, yes, that's on the fourteenth. Don't bite your tongue. We have an album release show scheduled for April 22nd for this new EP. It's going to have four songs on it. Uh, our music is literally available on every single like streaming thing you can find. But yes. there's a rapper named Alumni <laughs> and a metal band, and we are neither of them. Yes. You'll have You're the one with the cartoon characters. Yeah. We have a very distinct art style so that people never forget. Yeah, it's like cartoons and stuff. It's like all hand-drawn. Or mostly hand drawn type of stuff. Cool. And then uh like handles, social media handles. Uh alumni ny five one six on Instagram, one word. And Easy. you know, it's I try to keep it pretty simple. It's actually really hard with this band name to have a very distinct social media presence yeah. because it's like, oh, alumni band. It's like, yeah, the the Princeton two thousand four. Yeah, I, the Dartmouth Jazz college. Band. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is every band. alumni band of any university or high school. So, Joe, where's the EP release show going to be? Um, probably at the Massapequa VFW. Okay. No, yeah, it's going to be at the Massapequa yeah. VFW. We're booking it with uh, Golden Hour, our buddy John. You know, going to uh, we got to figure out a lot of the details first, just of like who's playing and stuff. But that's the tentative date that we have. Cool. And probably the album will probably release maybe like a week before that or so. Just the so like probably like April tenth around that area. Cool, sweet. Yeah, we'll we gotta get April. We, we gotta get John on here. Maybe I'll you hit do. him up. I'll hit him up and be like, "Here's five to six hockey talking points." Just yeah, that's the problem with John. Say. He doesn't want to talk. He'll only talk wrestling or basketball. Uh, he'll talk yeah. your ear off about drumming, drums. Yeah, but I'll be like, when I say. <laughs> When I say this question, you answer with star number three, and nobody will know the difference. Yeah, just, like, kind of like playing the drums. Yeah, yes, I like Mark Messier. He was good center, left winger. He's the second that's best him, player. That's him reading. He's reading. You get it? Yeah, I get it. Guys, um, real quick. I love doing this. I'm so pumped that I get to do this again. And what better freaking guests than having alumni 516 just repping Long Island, brought new music coming out. You know, go check them out on all their socials. Go listen to their stuff. And if you don't mind, man, just go, you know, just do the thing that you want to do. Tell them that Artemi Panarin is the bread man, or tell him that he's not the bread man. I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but I'll tell you what that guy's he's half loaf this year. I'm not gonna lie. That guy's half loaf. Whoa, he quietly has like 50 points, man. Dinner roll up two best. thirds of loaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like free. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for being on here, chilling with us. Thank, thank uh, you super so much for having to check us out on. your new stuff, and um, we'll we'll do this again sometime soon. All right. Sounds great. Please. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm always down All to right. talk hockey. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one, fellas. Take care, yeah. buddy.